back once again to another edition of After Further Review with Mark Ferreira, John Pelkey, Jeff Taylor on the board as always. Thanks for either watching live on YouTube or listening. Uh, a lot to unpack today. Uh, we'll get to it momentarily. Obviously, we have to talk about all the boycotts and all the social justice stuff that's going on. Um, we are going to give you the, uh, I guess this is there's a constitutional amendment that requires that we make NFL Super Bowl picks long before we have anything even approaching enough information to make educated picks. So we're going to we're going to do that today. We might talk a little bit again. I'm I'm sorry. I'm interrupting in your rundown and I'll throw it back to you to continue to tell the audience what we're going to talk about. But I will say this that you always do the caveat. We, we make these you know predictions well before we have a chance to educate ourselves. Again, my point is plenty of people educate themselves right. and are still as wrong as we are. No, 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 no. And in fact, what I, my criteria for today was that I wasn't going to spend a lot of time on it. I was just going to look at it first blush, knowing what in knowledge that I little may it be knowledge that I bring into this season and I'm going to make these picks. But then on the Wednesday show before the NFL kicks off, I am going to between now and then educate myself, make a second set of picks. And we're going to see if maybe I should just go with the no knowledge pick. I, I, I'm going to test it against myself because I think that's the only, like that. that's really the only fair way to do it. I think that's really, really uh, admirable, logical, and efficient. And uh, we're we're gonna really we're gonna really get some evidence based documentation to tell whether there is a difference, indeed, between instinctual, non educated picks and educated picks. So I mean, how many fun. times do you talk I, yourself I'm out of forward to that show? How many people times do you talk yourself out of one? You go, God, I really would like to pick them. I but, mean, I did know, that today. Did you? You with the cursory knowledge yourself. I have to, to your uh-huh. point. Oh yeah. I second guess myself the whole time. I was second guessing myself with the, uh, the NFC South back and forth. I was second guessing myself between the, uh, uh, AFC pick who comes out of the AFC for the Super Bowl. Yeah. And, um, I had a little issue. I had some issues with the AFC South as well. To tell you the truth. All right. Excellent. Well, we're going to talk about that. We also, uh, like I said, we might dive in a little bit to Major League Baseball again. We talked about sort of being at the halfway point uh, now. Uh, some teams, some teams a third of the way through their games. Who knows? Um, and uh, and we also will have to dive in. I didn't put this on the rundown, but uh, the Big Ten, or at least uh, some entities within the Big Ten, now floating the idea that they could start their season around Thanksgiving. Um, and I heard, heard a lot of people this morning. That's really what most people were talking about on, on, on shows that I watched. And uh, the vast majority of them agreeing that this is one of those situations where people who don't have the power to make that change are throwing these things out there now because the Big Ten kind of feels like they got hung out to dry by the ACC, which they thought would uh, would cancel their season as well. So we'll talk a little bit about that. But first, Mark, Jeff, how are you guys Everything, anything else you need to jump into before we do this? Uh, yeah, I have a couple of couple things I have to get off my chest. First of all, okay. uh, right. I think that that um, that's an example this morning of the fact that all of this stuff that we watch and consume for the most part is 98 percent entertainment and 2 percent knowledge, facts, uh, unbiased <laughs> opinion, uh, because you know, they're making a huge story and a segment out of things they already know 
are speculated by people who have no power to change it. Yet they're going right. to still talk and talk about it because it's somewhat titillating to think that the Big Ten's going to capitulate this, that, or the other. You know what I mean? And so it's just, uh, I don't know. I get annoyed by all that, but I don't know why yeah. I do. It's, it's silly. Uh, and the second thing is, is I, you know, the Giants had a seven game winning streak. They boycotted all that momentum just stopped. They go, go and play a doubleheader yesterday and don't even score a run in either game. So I'm going to walk back my happiness over there. Boy. Okay. Mark Ferreira, hashtag MAGA. Just that was it. That's all it took. That's, that's all that's, it really took. And you know, I am the so easily is, bought. I am so well, easily bought, John Palkey. I know. And most people are probably going, ah, ha, 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 that John, he's so funny, accusing Mark of he would go MAGA if it would help the Giants. No, people, I, I know that to be as social justice oriented as Mark Ferreira is. If he thought it could buy the Giants a National League pennant, I swear to God, he'd be at the border himself shooting people down. You would. You know you would. You know you would. You know you would. Just don't deny it. Your your fandom, more so than 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 mine. Uh, it 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 it's it's a lot more visceral for you. Yeah, yeah. It's it is it is. It, it means, means a lot to you. It means it means it, means, it does. The 49ers and the Giants, especially 49ers and the Giants, uh, mean a lot. It, they do. Now, granted, it's easy for me to like not care when one of those teams not in the race. Do you know what I mean? But you saw that a Giants team that we all figured was not going to compete at all this year was not a very good team. The second they get on any sort of a run, suddenly, you know, suddenly uh, I'm into it. And the fact that their run was abruptly halted yeah, because of the boycott, I'm ready, I, I'm ready to throw all that out. Like, right, you know, I don't, think those, I don't think those players should have done what they did. All right. Well, that that's a great segue into, by the way, I, and I in no kidding. way – and no way am I making fun of shooting people down at the border. You shouldn't do that. It's a bad thing to do. All right. Just want to say that. Uh, though I do stand by my statement that you can mark talk, talk Mark into just about anything for an additional 10 wins <laughs> no, for the Giants. I'm just saying that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave that there bought. where it belongs. I am pretty um, easily bought, I have to say. But these boycotts that have happened over the last couple of days, and this was just starting to ramp up when we were last uh, together on Wednesday, um, there had been cancellation, final, uh, cancellation of the first uh, – a playoff game that day, Milwaukee and Orlando. Subsequently, obviously, all no games were played. No games were played last night either. Uh, several and uh, Major League Baseball teams have now uh, boycotted at least the game. Uh, they'll all be back playing because this is the day that is des- dedicated to Jackie Robinson. So Jackie Robinson Day, everybody's going to come back and play because that would be, you know, if you, if you are trying to shine a light on social justice, the name Jackie Robinson is one that probably should be at the uh, at the four as well. But uh, the NHL has uh, actually, after not responding and getting a lot of heat for not responding the first day, some of which I feel might have been a little legitimate, but, uh, you know, it, this thing just picked up speed so quickly. I think a lot of people didn't have time to even really yeah, yeah, think yeah. about what was, you know, players are getting prepared for games and, uh, you know, it, it is up in Canada, so it is somewhat um, uh, distant from the lower 48 to a certain extent. Um, but they have they've done that. The WNBA, the MLS. So I just want to, and I think they're 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 all made uh, decisions to come back to start playing again. Which um, I was in favor of the teams that decided to uh, to boycott. I thought that was if that was something that meant 
something to them. I thought they had a right to do it. I thought it was good to do it. Um, I did agree with you, Mark, uh, and I know Jeff would agree with this as well, in that uh, it probably would have been a mistake not to come back and play, uh, just simply uh, because I think that, uh, rightly or wrongly, that would have built up some negative uh, thoughts towards them. Obviously, some people were bothered by the by the boycotting, but it does seem like it it had a desired effect to a certain extent. And again, we have short memory, but it has brought this idea to the fore again. Uh, it has gotten the NBA um, now. I guess uh, teams are making um, some sort of plans with players to make sure that uh, voting locations are set up at arenas. Because they're, I think, smartly so, NBA players are using voting as one of the very, very, um, one of their highest priorities, making sure people are registered to vote, that they have uh, places that they can go and vote. So I think it's been a successful boycott to this point. I just wanted to get your opinion on it after that incredibly long entry. Well, question. I would agree with your point about bringing it to the fore. That's what we both agreed on on Wednesday is that. The Jacob Blake incident seems to have not had nearly the same unifying effect as the George Floyd incident did. And there seems to be more chatter on certain from certain corners about, uh, you know, that there's certainly a lot that we don't know. And there's a lot of moving pieces and so forth. And it wasn't a unifying as unifying an event. And the fact that they protested like they did brought this issue back to the fore, back to front of mind. So now I'm hearing from all sides, you know, what? how do you fix it? How do you move forward? I am hearing, of course, from the far, far extremes, especially on the right about, you know, I mean, just, just losing their minds, especially after, especially after the NHL did it. That was highly <laughs> pleasing to me to see far right-wingers lose their mind over the NHL. But my point john and jeff is that i don't know if you've heard the the mike tomlin bruce arians plan and what they want to do is they want to actually have the teams work within the communities with the police department to actually in a positive way affect change have the players donate their time and have the owners foot the bill and to me that's an effective protest you are affecting change. You are involving an entire sport. Some have to give money. Some have to give their time. And they're working in the community. There's, I think the number is, there's 40. There's 40 U.S. cities affected by, in, on some level by a professional sports franchise in this country. 40. And if everyone kind of stepped up with that, then you've mentioned the NBA and the voting thing. But to me, the bigger picture Believe it or not, bigger than voting, the bigger picture is for communities and the police departments to learn how to positively work together. And if these sports franchises can facilitate that in any way, shape or form, then to me, that's a massive win for the boycott. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is important. And I think we've lost some of this because we you know, we know so much more about uh, things than we did when the country was younger. Um, but we've lost some of that feeling that the sports franchise is an important part of the community because so many of them have shown that they're not loyal to communities. I mean, they're going to chase money. But but again, we've told this that that story is a lot older than people think. It's not it's not just uh, 
now in modern day that that they are were not as um, uh, loyal to the community as people would have liked to have thought. But they can have big effect. I agree. It, it is one of the, if not in many cities, the most recognizable symbol of the city for people. You know, I would certainly say. So Kansas why not city, take advantage of that? Yeah, and I think I think that is a good idea, and I agree with you. And that actually is also part of the NBA thing. I just think the I think they're very smart with the voting, trying to push for opening sure, door voting locations. Um, but uh, they've all said we have to partner with law enforcement in our communities, government in our communities, and it's time that these organizations, which are uh, which have held cities hostage in the past, which I think we, everybody on this podcast agrees at times cities should just give the middle finger to these sports uh, franchises and not just give over uh, taxpayer dollars to them and whatnot. But I think it is uh, important that uh, if, if, if indeed these sports franchises want to be beloved and want to be able to continue to expand their stadiums and charge people more money, that they're going to have to become more of an active part of the community. And I think the uh, certainly the athletes of color, most certainly, and also white athletes are now saying to their franchises that, yeah, we we want to be a part of this. And what's more, we, we need you to be a part of this. And I think that's the only purpose of these things is to bring it to front of mind and to get something done. You know, uh, it it's it's better than wearing a T-shirt, you know, at the at the sports complex. The T-shirt is a nice symbol, but this is by far more important. And if that is the result of these protests, then I think they've been effective. And uh, Jeff, you feel like chiming in on this one? Yeah, I'm glad it's all happening. I'm glad that uh, we're finding a way to right all of the wrongs in this country. And wow. Okay. I know. I, I really, so, yeah. right any of the wrong if, seems, I, if we I, can't write all of them, then I don't think we should try to write any of them. I'll, I'll say this. Of course, writing any wrong is fantastic, but voting that, that seems as though that is a uh, very uh, important part of this movement is that they don't like the guy that's in charge right now. So they've been very loud about it. It's been four years of growing and growing and growing of, they want so badly to get rid of the guy that's the president of the United States right now and to make one of the big announcements that they're going to set up voting locations in all of these sports venues. It's not like they want that people to vote for for the sake of voting. It's because they want people to vote for the people that they want voted for. Well, which is fine, which is fine. Which is fine, but I mean, it does kind of it, it does it, it does get away from the argument because if you talk about these cities where these things have happened, the people that they want them to vote for are already running all of those cities. So maybe voting in those big cities is the problem as it is. Maybe they well, need to close a couple voting locations in those cities. <laughs> I'm not even going to wade into that because if you're on the side, look, you know, the other side is the side that doesn't want people to vote. This is the bottom line. They make, I don't think that's the case. make things well. They make things increasingly difficult. They how? have. Uh, they have. How? Name, name how. Look, look at the number of voting locations and when they're open in communities of color versus community. Who, white who communities. is in charge of, of setting those up? It's generally local government, yeah. depending on who and it's state and state government. Local government. It's local government that does, that sets up polling locations, period. Right. right. So local, so right. Local, voting locations local are set county up. Government, though, too, Jeff, a lot of times the counties 
are run by are not run by the same people that run the actual cities. So that goes back and forth. We can argue this, but I I do agree with you, Jeff, that to me the real issue is the the latter thing I was talking about, the idea that Tomlin and Arians had where they partner with the communities and they partner with the police I department. A, I, I love that. But I also I also find it strange that they say that these guys are going to go out in the community and that the owners are going to foot the bill. We're talking about millionaire athletes and we're talking about them making n- no personal sacrifice again, except for going out and doing some community service. Well, you're well, they're, I, they're giving of their time. All, yeah, all the owners are doing are writing a check. That yeah, doesn't that means much easier. Very little to them. Much, much and they're easier billionaires, by the way. I, I agree. Much I agree. easier. They're billionaires. And I and I but I just don't I also don't think that needs to be a statement. It's it should be the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, hockey. We're gonna do more in our communities. We're gonna partner with these people. The owner footing the bill thing is just sounds it, it's off putting to me. Mm, no, not me. Well, I think I you. I think the if, if there's any, I, I mean that was a that was the Arians Tomlin idea, but I yeah. I really do think Jeff. In the end, it's just saying that the entire organization is involved. Yeah. So what do owners usually do? They don't actually do the playing. The players will go out in the community, give their time. They're they're the players, and the owners usually, in terms of how they support the organization, is they foot the bill. So I think they were just applying the same systems running the NFL to to a system that would partner with communities. I don't think it's any sort of political agenda to say you, you bad white guys have to pay for it now. Reparations. I don't think it's that. No. Well, the cool thing is that I'm uh, in the NBA. It's not a white guy thing. I mean, there are there are vote, there are owners of color in the NBA. So I just really think it is. We they what they should say is that the owners should get their asses out there and do some stuff too. Yeah, but again, that's the point. Well, like billionaire people like that. That's what they do. They write the check. People on a, on our level go out and do community service. Yeah, but we're so, not talking about people on our level when we're talking about professional athletes. I, mean, I understand that, but there's still a hierarchy: the billionaires versus the millionaires, and it's just. I mean, I. I they're plus, they're recognizable, the, Jeff. No one's going to care if they see right. They're 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 gonna, they're gonna riot more if Dan Snyder goes into the community. They'll riot more. They will not. Why if he's in there? If he's in there, try, if if Dan Snyder's in there trying to make a difference for good, why would they riot against Dan Snyder because he's a white owner? No, because my Excellent point. Idea. I was trying to. I was trying to make a joke in the me, sense God, that, first that of all, like I might get in line for the riot, but right. no, Jeff's just pissed because no he's like, no, Dan, leave Dan no. Snyder to me. <laughs> I don't think the owners, I don't think that means anything to see the owners. It means a lot to see players that people recognize. It yeah. doesn't mean I mean, anything to see an owner I mean, walking around have, the city. With, uh, in, in the city, though, these owners are pretty much rock stars, too. And they're the most consistent of most of the rock stars because there isn't a whole lot of owner free agency going on. I mean, the people that own the Steelers, the people that own the Giants, they've owned those teams since. But they don't recognize them, Jeff. They don't recognize the owners. Right. They wouldn't You're recognize them outside of Jerry Jones. Dallas. There, there are a outside handful of owners. Of Jerry Jones. What about outside Michael Jerry Jordan Jones? in Charlotte? Well, yes, of course. Okay. You can bring Michael Jordan. You can maybe Woody Johnson, two or three. Woody Johnson who owns the Jets. Shad Khan, who owns the 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 uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Whoever. I mean, this, Stan Kroenke is as rich as anybody on earth, and he could be sitting next to me right now, and I wouldn't know who he was. So, I mean, they don't. They wouldn't make the impact, players. Jeff. They wouldn't make the impact. The and players some of them make will the be out there. Players, 
I will say this though. I think they could make the impact if the owners are the ones going in there and dealing with the, the, uh, the people in charge, the, the people in government, if the owners are out there doing that kind of stuff, like talking with police commissioners, those guys are guys that are clearly successful in whatever field they're in. They've done very well. I think they could make a big difference by actually going out and getting into it. And some of them will, I assume. Uh, the, my point was that I find it off-putting to say that the owners foot foot the bill. That's just an odd. That's just an odd thing to for me to think that from a PR perspective to say. No, oh, God, I find it on-putting. Just oh my God, I find it on-putting. I think I th- I honestly think that it would be but be, sound much better to me if they said that LeBron James was going to go out and spend a hundred million of his dollars to uh, affect change because at this point, the only thing he, the only personal sacrifice he's made is to not play basketball. Well, but LeBron James has set up all kinds of foundations and he's done foundations. He's done so much. He's built a school in Cleveland with with millions of his own dollars, uh, millions of his own dollars. I don't know know how you poo poo LeBron James's. uh, financial contribution to the community it's that's that's sort of not a in my opinion a very good point at all right i mean uh, lebron James. there are guys who certainly and there's plenty of stories about and this is all kinds of rich guys but players who set up these foundations that pay they give nothing to and don't pay yeah but i think lebron's probably bad there are guys who are out there in the community doing uh putting their money where their mouth is uh, agreed. And, and and these athletes giving up their time and giving of their money as well, certainly. And I think and I think they will. Anyway, that's it. And I think voting is important, despite the fact the other side doesn't because you know, they can't win. It's funny. They can win elections. They do win elections. They won. Right. Well, not well, certainly, going to win one in 2020. Certainly not popular vote. Uh, but uh, but that's OK. And we know those are all fake. That's the whole and, reason why that system is set up the way it is. So California and is there, wait, wait, wait. Hang on. Wait, is there? Is there an election? Yeah, there's one coming up. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I, I didn't say and, is there. And if you and if you ask ninety nine whoa whoa whoa, whoa. People, if you ask ninety nine percent of the people to play in the NBA who they're going to vote for, it's going to be for Joe Biden. Okay, and they want to set up polling places in the arenas. And I, it's that's that's the that's the problem I have is that I want this to be about social justice, not about politics and i feel like it's but there's but social justice is pol- politics are social justice uh, okay it, i mean they, I mean, they I, are i mean politicians I, are on either side of these issues and you none of the none of none of the none of the police officers that are that are uh that are going out and shooting people are politicians though that's where we need the change right we well, need that's, the, that's not the only place where we have social injustice it's it's yes, we get we're we're involved in this now because black lives matter. But uh, again, there was a great quote by uh, uh, Leslie Odom Jr. that says, if black lives matter, black life has to matter. Hamilton reference. You, you can't Sorry, only get, you can't only uh, be involved. You can't only be involved in, in a social justice area if you're only involved when somebody gets killed. We have to start changing the structures of society so that. People are on an even footing, and and I, and, and I would and say, none. John, I I would say that I would say Jeff is advocating for what you just said. He's advocating advocating for whatever change we need, whether it be structural or not. And right. I agree, Jeff, in but the sense that, that 
Yeah, but but again, John, and we talked about this last night, is that it does seem it that both parties gin up certain issues that are favorable to them. Of course. So of that course. they can run on it, not yeah, necessarily solve it. And that's is, the problem exactly that I haven't seen my point. Democrats solve this thing ever. I haven't seen Republicans either, oh, by the way. But my point is, is that to me, it's more important to affect the structural change than it is to sustain a campaign because, you know, Republicans don't want to solve immigration. They want to run on it. Democrats probably don't want to really solve social justice. They want to run on it. It's that it's that kind of thing. And I just I just am tired of that. And I don't I, I'd rather take what's in front of me if this if actually affecting structural changes in front of me with the help of the community with the help of billionaire owners with the help of all the players then i would about an election that's going to be what it's going to be you know that's- yeah, but it's not just about an election i, I mean we it, for a developed country that supposedly have, you know people are smart and we our voter participation is lower than it should be that is not it, that's because it's a it's a right. You have the right to vote. You don't have. I to know. Vote. I know, Jeff. Jeff, I understand vote. that. But we've also done things to make it more difficult for people to vote. And we need to make it easier for people to vote. That's I, it. I, I, I feel like that you're you're doing exactly what Mark's talking about. I think that that is one of the things that gets run on. I don't think that anybody's making it more difficult to vote. A if lot it, of people have to stand in long lines to go vote. Uh, understandably, and generally in in, in uh, places in neighborhoods of color, they have to stand in longer lines because there are shorter, uh, less amount of. And that goes back to the point locations. that that but, has to do with their local government setting that. Understood. Up. I understand that, but you have to look at which party is doing what. At least I do, and I know we're I, never going to agree on that. I am we're never going to agree because they both gerrymander their districts. I get it. And, that that and, all of that and, happens. And can I chime in? It's not the mayor doesn't set up, or the or the county commissioner. It's the election. It's the uh, supervisor of elections. It's the supervisor of elections that does that in every jurisdiction. The supervisor of elections is a nonpartisan office. That's that, that that's you, ridiculous. That's ridiculous. That you vote on. You vote. You vote for the supervisor of elections, and they're nonpartisan. Bill, Bill, I believe it yeah, was Bill Powell's a, in Orange it's County a, it's for a long time. They, they don't have party affiliations on any of their. Okay. It's it's not a party affiliation. So that's all is and, just like and the I FBI would just say, is a non-party affiliation as well. The judges are non-party affiliations. The the people that are getting vote that are that are getting these positions in these places are definitely people that are in the government. Hack. Well, not not necessarily that, but partisan. They're a part of the government machine in these big cities, and to be well, a part of that machine, I, I you would have to say be a part that um, of one political party I, in most cases. And, and, and again, Jeff, Orange County for a long time was run by a Republican mayor, while the city of Orlando has been run by a Democratic mayor. That's because so Orange County it, has a lot of a lot of a rural, bag. very small city. And, but not my point is it's, is that, that the county a, it's, has it's, the jurisdiction. The county has the jurisdiction. Bill Cowles is Orange County supervisor yeah. of elections. So right. what I'm yeah. saying, yeah, so it's not just the city. So it's it's more complicated than just a Democratic run, mayor telling what, you know, how long you can do early voting. That's the only thing I would say. 
ID, I, I think you can make a good argument for why everyone needs to have an ID and why if you can't somehow get an ID, that it should be, a, you should have more opportunity to afford yourself one. But yes, I, I think that's a, it's, it's tough to make the argument that you don't have to have an ID to vote. But it's, I don't understand at all why people want to limit early voting. That makes no sense to me at all. If you're well, not going to make it a national, yeah, the, 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 I agree with you there. Early voting sounds great. I, I think it's good. I, I do agree with. But, but with that's been that's been limited lately. That's that's what I've noticed in terms of restricting yeah, they've been limiting voting. They've been limiting it. I don't under, I don't it, get is it. it because, is it because of the of the virus or. or no, no, no. This no. goes back years. This goes back over the last previous cycles. Yeah, they've tried to they've tried to limit. Uh, early voting in areas. The only only sentiment that I could give towards limiting early voting is that you're less informed when you're voting early. Like a lot of the, a lot of the meat and potatoes comes out. But again, that's a personal choice thing. That's a personal choice. And there's actually an argument in the, uh, uh, for, uh, the right and and Trump supporters that it might be better for them because they've already they've made up their mind. They're not going to change their mind. And if you afford them the opportunity for the early voting, your bases will come out and vote early. And then on Election Day, now you're down to the people who are waiting to make their uh, to make their choice. Because yeah, yeah, I think I, we don't really the people I, who- I, I don't think early voting is or ever will be a problem. I it, the, and, the, and the, other, the other argument the other argument is that with early voting, people going in, there's there's more a, a wider gap with uh, supervising an election, looking over what's going on, and there could be more shenanigans. But it, that doesn't that's not a good excuse to me because if that's what your problem is, then you need to make sure that you have people in there making sure that doesn't happen. That's part of, of overseeing an election is making sure there are no shenanigans. And there is actually very little voter fraud in the country, and there always has been. Uh, the, the, the other side of it is, and if I were making changes, the, the idea that we get we have elections on a Tuesday during a workday is one of the dumbest things. I know it's in the it, it's, it's in the Constitution. But again, it was written when it took people three days to get from Washington to Philadelphia. It, I think we need to look at either multiple days you could have a two days or take you know take it take it away from a tuesday make it a saturday do, do whatever make it a make it a national holiday do away with our all the more important all the more important to have all the more important to have at least two weeks if not three for early voting i i i disagree with you there i should i think we should all vote on the same day it's should Why? Be the most important thing that you do well, but if you but some people have to work and i mean we're in a society now where it's you know but, doing... but you but legally your job has to let you go vote on the day you vote that's yeah but that's... Your, your job can't you can't just if, if you got five hour lines six hour lines to vote your job's not going to let you go just let you go all day uh there have been businesses just recently that have said they're going to give their the folks three hours off to vote. Now that's probably enough some places, but it's not enough other places. I, so, I don't understand why election day can't just be a holiday that everybody takes off. Which I think there are a lot of people would advocate for that. Yeah. And I would, I would as well. I mean, we're, it's this antiquated, I love it's that like the idea. election, the election is in November, but they used to swear them in, in March because again, it would take you from <laughs> December to March to get from the California territory, if you were there, you know, to to uh, to DC, and then January because they want to give them a transition period. But frankly, it it, it doesn't really even need to be that long at this point. But as, as far as the national holiday for voting, one hundred percent, I think everybody yeah, could get behind that a national holiday for voting. 
Uh, it also gives you in, in areas where you have trouble getting poll workers and stuff, you would have a chance to get many more people because again, everybody, everybody's off. No one, no one is working except for a few essential, you know, obviously hospitals and such. Um, but I think that would be a good idea. So we can agree on that. You know, what we didn't do was our progressive trivia. <laughs> our progressive trivia. So Mark, why don't we do that now? We're going to have to rush through another one. Yes, sir. 30 minutes in show we just we, we there needs to be a separate we do that. A politics day politics we're, day we're so we're just so remarkably disciplined with our structure and our rundown those are fun conversations, hey, you know what though. to me john i agree that's what makes the show fun is that it's like it's like a hang you're just hanging with us you know yeah right. we have some idea of what we're going to talk about but not really <laughs> all right here we go progressive trivia we're looking for an nba player how about that? NBA player, past or present, first set of clues coming up. Bunch of ingrates. <laughs> Shut I up and dribble. Two, two, two Hall of Fame head coaches. You know, I need to I need to get rid of these animations, don't I, Jeff? Because they they are very choppy coming in. I'm not sure why that is, but five thousand plus assists, twelve plus All Star games. Played with Horace Grant and Danny Manning. Okay. All right, there it is. Played for two Hall of Fame head coaches, 5,000-plus assists, 12-plus All-Star games. Played with Horace Grant and Danny Manning. <laughs> All right, there you go. <laughs> Fair enough. Gosh, yeah. So, so much of my research for progressive trivia is figuring out clues that will throw people off at this point. Yeah, because people are people are people have been dominating, at least my recent... I, um, I know, think with offering. the internet, I think with the internet, what you need to do is you need to have four clues, and three of them need to be absolute bullshit. We <laughs> we, did, we do try that from time to time, sort of bullshit. That's at actually least pretty like, fun. No, absolute bullshit. I think is the only way to to so, overcome. So you, you send them on all these wild goose chases, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> God, we have I enough people. That. We have well, enough people complaining because the clues aren't about the guy, and then they're like, "Yeah, but he played for two Hall of Fame coaches. Doesn't have five thousand plus assists, but he so, matches let, let, this clue." I, I will tell you one thing: Lenny is Lenny is going after me on the comments right now. He says oh, it's going to be just seconds before I I need a can a can of cream corn, you know, because of my age. The, the the camera isn't moving at all because of the one time I used my phone and didn't attach it to something and a, a something, and, and and you know he's just uh, you know he's just going after me and then I don't know Tom Marino said something about pudding I'm not sure what that refers to. Liddy Liddy just harkened back to the uh, wrong bowl game. <laughs> made up a clue. God, that's <laughs> right. Unbelievable. It, what was it? The Ar- Alamo versus Bowl versus the Ar- Alamo, Bowl? Alamo Bowl. Right. <laughs> oh Which, again, gosh. is an interesting one to make because the uh, the armed forces really don't brag about their record at the Alamo. So I'm not really sure that they no. that's one. That, you know, you know, from the halls of Montezuma to the Alamo, we all died. Wait, no. Um, let's let's change that. All right. So oh, I, I know it's all love, Lenny, but it's just it was, you know, seemingly unrelenting. But that's OK. Tom Marino. Tom Marino would like to get Mark some chocolate pudding. Uh, I know. All right. Let's the. I mean, I would. I would I would welcome that for sure. Yes, he, as he, would, would. he thought you were saying that you were going to get off pudding, which he thought was a good idea. Ah, uh, Mark, ah. you should really get off pudding. <laughs> no, I'm going to get on pudding. Oh, all right. 
All right, Remember, he, was, he, he was he was off put. I was we were both on put. Yeah, you don't need to explain the joke to me. We can just move on. It's uh, it's it's not necessary. Let's move on. Good lord, honestly. I know. First, the I, scratch. I, I, you have to explain that to you. Mansplaining what see, why the joke was see, to me. For God's sake, mansplaining. See, you know, you must have been so happy with yourself when you said the mansplaining because you knew that was going to bug me. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. That's one of those words probably just angers you for no apparent reason. <laughs> well, if I'm accused of it for crying out yeah. loud, I just don't, yeah. you know. All right. Yeah, I know. It's important. The the the, uh, the admiration of women means a lot to you. It really does. <laughs> Do, yeah. It, it does. Way, and no, way, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. It. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe too much. Maybe we're a little too much. All right. No. So we said we we're going to do our NFL. I, I don't picks. Know. I mean, it's. Yes, sir. Uh, no, go ahead. Yes. You had something else to say. You, do you not want to get no, to no, these no, picks? No, no, no. I have nothing you to say. tried to bully me into I doing them when I wasn't picks. ready. And now, I, all right. I know. And now you've done your research. And But even though mm. you admit at the top of the show, you really haven't. So, not really. Again, I, I mean, don't I think did there would little. have been any difference between these picks and Wednesday, and Wednesday giving Wednesday, me these probably picks. Probably that's okay. I, I, I re-equated myself with which teams were in which divisions. That's that's what I did. Didn't want to didn't want to make that mistake of picking the Houston Oilers and the <laughs> whomever, the Chicago Cardinals. Anyway, all right, the Steagles, which oh my, look at that. There's a there's foreshadowing. All right, so let's talk about this. Who do you who, who, who yeah. do you want to unveil yours first? Do you want to talk about because uh, we have we have a couple of uh, of our listeners who have chimed in. Joe Conley and his wife Amanda both chimed in. Uh, you and I have our picks. I think Le- I guess Lenny's left a voicemail uh, for us. So how do you want to do this? Why don't we Mark? do that this- first? Why don't we listen to Lenny's first? All right, let's do it. Let's listen to Lenny's first. Hey guys, your buddy Lenny calling in. Uh, here's my NFL picks for the year. In the NFC, I got the division champions as Seattle, Tampa, Philadelphia, Minnesota, and the wild cards as New Orleans, Green Bay, and San Francisco. In the AFC, I have the division champions as Kansas City, Baltimore, Buffalo, and Houston. I have the wild card teams as Pittsburgh, New England, and the Cleveland Browns. And my picks for this year's Super Bowl, and yes, I'm going to take a big gulp of that Kool-Aid. It's going to be Tampa Bay versus Baltimore with the Ravens knocking off Tom Brady. Have a great day and be safe. All right. I like that a lot. I, I like wanted to pull lot. the trigger on Cleveland for a wild card, too, but I just couldn't slot it in when we get to mine. We'll, uh, but good for you, Lenny. I appreciate that, getting behind uh, the Browns. I'd like to see it. I like and I like him uh, making sure that Seattle doesn't make it to the Super Bowl. I enjoy that. But he I think it all depends. He, he, yeah, yeah. I don't think Tampa gets out of that division. You know, that's the problem with that that I have with it is I think New Orleans wins that division. I think I think Tampa certainly will make the playoffs. But uh, if you don't have home field and you're running up against Seattle with a home field, who only who is the only team that's going to get a bye? Remember, folks, there there's seven teams. This year, the the playoffs are expanded starting this year, and that means that first wildcard weekend, there are six teams playing from each conference, meaning there's only one team that gets a bye. So that's a big, big deal coming up. And if if it's Seattle in the NFC, then one less game and they get to play in the Cheater Dome. Yeah, they're going to. <laughs> it's not a dome. Let's begin there. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> situation. I will say for division winners, uh, Lenny and I are only at uh, at odds with one. 
because I also so, have Seattle, Minnesota, and Tampa Bay winning their divisions. I don't, don't have we go, Philadelphia. Why don't okay, we go, go to the PowerPoint to, to, to see these very things that you're illustrating right now, Jim? Oh, all right. Well, we could do that, too. We want to go. Do we have uh, my NFC picks? Uh, those are all right. So we'll start, we'll start with Mark's uh, AFC wildcard picks. New England, Pittsburgh, and the Chargers. I'm with you on two of the three because I have one of those teams winning their division, Mark. All right. And um, these are my division picks. All right, I'll let you go ahead. You can let everybody know. And um, I don't know if there's no – is there no AFC West? <laughs> See, Who this knows? is just this – this it's always so compelling yeah. when you put together a new pre- – there they are. Okay, there it is. There they are. All right, so All right, everybody so know. If you're listening on the podcast, it's the Buffalo, Baltimore, Indy, and Kansas City. And uh, Wild Cards, New England, Pittsburgh, and the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, so uh, let's go ahead and take a look at John's AFC picks, which should be coming up next. First, go ahead, Johnny. Yep. All right. Uh, we'll go ahead and start at uh, the AFC East. I have New England, uh, Baltimore in the north. I also have Indy in the south. Kansas City in the West. My wild cards are Pittsburgh, the Los Angeles Chargers, and the Miami Dolphins. I figured so I had to do talk one about this. sort of hot take one. No, I like that. I like having Miami in there. But what you've done is you've you've uh, you know shuttered out Buffalo. Which, yes, I which have. is a very interesting. And Buffalo not only doesn't not win the division, it. yep, but doesn't even make the expanded playoffs. Well, now, Mark, when I uh, I approached this, when I approached this, I also looked at it knowing what I know about the playoffs year in and year out, that there is about a 50% turnover. Now, this year might be a little different because there are always years, you know, exceptions to prove the rule. And then, of course, with everything that's gone on this year, we know less than we generally know, which is saying quite a bit, frankly. Um, But I knew there had to be teams that had made it and uh, would not get back. And just for just for the reason that, you know, Buffalo, it had been a little bit of a slow climb back to where they were. I mean, we saw them getting a little bit better, but they were a bit of a surprise last year. I didn't think they would be uh, quite as good as they were. So uh, I we often see with teams like that that they make a one and done appearance or maybe an early appearance drop out and then realize, you know, we need to do this to improve. I I think that Buffalo is on the right trajectory, but I just, I'm going to go with the fact that I think Cam Newton energizes new England into one more division title. Um, And I just, somebody's going to surprise you every year. And I think two will end up starting in Miami by the fifth week. And I think they surprise everybody and get to the playoffs. Fair enough. That's why I couldn't put Buffalo in because I couldn't have, I couldn't have three AFC East. I just didn't think three AFC East teams would. Right. No, that doesn't make a lot of sense. I agree with you there. Uh, I think the addition of Stephon Diggs uh, is going to help Josh Allen. And I like what uh, I just like what McDermott's done with that team. I liked what they did last year. Uh, I do agree with you, John, that Cam Newton is going to energize and Bill Belichick's going to find a way. They still have a very, very strong secondary in that, on that defense. And, um, I think they're going to figure it out to, to sneak into the wild card. And it's interesting that both you and I agree on, on Indianapolis. I, you know, I was, I, I like Houston a lot. I like Deshaun Watson a lot, 
but um, I don't I don't trust them. To Houston kind of resp- reminds me of the year, old, especially with the losses they've had. And they remind me of the old Oilers that for would for years would get to the playoffs. And uh, with a good quarterback in Dan Pastorini, I think everybody agreed, Pastorini, there were teams that would have been playoff teams if they had had a quarterback of that level. But they just never could take the next step. They never, ever really could break through. And I think that Houston's had better teams talent-wise than they have right now that, uh, that well, yeah, they don't have underperformed, have certainly. So I just, uh, I, I just think this is their year not, not to get there. It's uh, and I think the Titans are an obvious uh, team that uh, surprised everybody, and then will drop yeah. out this year. And we both and I'm nothing against them. I hope Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore and yeah, then I've... Pittsburgh making the wild card. We both agree with that. We both agree with the Chargers getting the wild card. Yep, which I yep. like too. Remember, they were twelve and four just two years ago. Right, and I think um, you know Taylor's going to. I, I don't know. Give him some stability at first. I think Tyrod Taylor you know is, I mean? is. Yeah, no, I think Tyrod Taylor was a great, uh, a great pickup for them. I think yeah. he will give them some stability, whether or not we see uh, their rookie from Oregon is questionable. I, you know, again, having part of the fact that I have both LA teams in the playoffs, maybe that I'm watching hard knocks. Um, but I, but I, I think I would, even if I wasn't, watching watching it i just think that uh that's a team with a lot of talent that um i think philip rivers was part of the problem i think he had become uh inaccurate i think i think rivers kind of felt like he had to do more than he needed to do i think change scenery will do him well which is why i have indy in the in the playoffs as well but uh yeah i think i think that's a pretty good charger team and uh, i think they could give people problems i agree I agree wholeheartedly with that. All right, now before we uh, let's let's go ahead and give our super, our AFC pick for the Super Bowl, and then we'll go to what Joe Connolly uh, he wrote in as well, and we can uh, talk about his predictions. So go that ahead, wife, John. Uh, yes, uh, go ahead. My AFC, out of the AFC for you. My we don't AFC. need to go to the PowerPoint right now, Jeff. Sorry. Uh, that's all right. We're on a bit of a delay here. So, uh, my AFC, uh, pick is the Baltimore Ravens. I think they were the best team in the AFC for the majority of the season last year. Um, certainly, you know, I, I, I mean, incrementally better than I think than Kansas city, at least for, for, for swaths of the year. And, uh, I think, uh, I think they get it done. They're well coached. Um, I, I, I just think, I, I think it's their year. I think they're going to get there. And Lamar Jackson well, might be just like Aaron Rodgers, who I think lo- Aaron Rodgers maybe did he lose a couple of playoff games his first couple of years once he got the starting position. Uh, and, and a lot of people said, I don't believe in Aaron Rodgers as a playoff quarterback until he wins his first game. And I didn't care for that, but I'm sort of espousing that thinking now is that I don't know if I necessarily trust the Ravens in the playoffs We've talked about this is that the the rape there is no better team with a lead than the Ravens. Um and there's no better team coming from behind than the Chiefs. But the Ravens have not shown they're very good at coming from behind. Right. I, and um and so I'm going with Kansas City coming out of the AFC. Okay, that's that's repeat, fair. I mean back yeah, to back. That's- and that's another reason that I didn't go with Kansas City is because I just that's uncommon. And so using again 
the few tools that I had going into this this uh, segment of choice. All right, so I guess uh, we'll, we'll jump into what Joe Connolly, our longtime listener and our friend Joe Connolly, sent along um, for both he and his wife. Now, his division winners are Dallas, Green Bay, New Orleans, and Seattle. Uh, Buffalo, Baltimore, Tennessee, and Kansas City. And his wildcard teams are Chicago, the Rams, Cleveland, and uh, and Houston. And then he had to add, he had to add, sorry, I have to jump around here. This is very, very difficult for me. I'm, I'm multitasking, Mark. If you have some of this information, I would appreciate it. I should say. have had he, it he, ready he, to he's go. He's added so Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh. So let, let me go back and do this again. I'm so sorry. That's very confusing for everybody just because of the way I, 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 I set it up. So in the NFC. Joe Conley has Dallas, Green Bay, New Orleans, and Seattle. Um, Chicago, the Rams, and Tampa Bay. I want to make sure I got that right. Those are the wild cards. Yes, those are the wild cards. So those are, are Joe's teams in the NFC. Um, the The surprise, obviously, would be uh, Chicago sure. as a wild card team. Is anybody talking about... Because boy, there's another with Minnesota and Green Bay in that in that division, um, and he doesn't have Minnesota in the playoffs. He must think, uh, and that's probably not a bad choice for for a team that drops off. Do you think, Mark? Minnesota? No, I I have them not making the playoffs, but we'll we'll get to our NFC stuff in a bit. Yeah, but I I don't I don't think that's unreasonable to have them drop out of the picture. Um, and it's interesting. Yeah, the Bears are not getting a lot of love. Uh, there's not much excitement surrounding the Trubisky Foles quarterback competition. So uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure where that's coming from with Joe. But what are his AFC picks again? Uh, yeah, I know. And I see. I, I just screwed this whole thing up. Can we? Can we stop this? And edit this out because I should have we'll started with his we'll AFC edit this in post. God, I should have started with his AFC because we did AFC. But but again, I, I'm telling you, all this PowerPoint stuff is throwing me off. I I just I'm going to have to. I may have to say that for shows yeah. that are my shows, no more PowerPoint. We just do all away right. with it. We just Fair enough. I, I know I know the family Ferrera will they will be up in arms. There'll be a series I don't of think they care nonviolent the cares about the slightly violent protests. All right, so let's. I just feel I just, I just feel inadequate at this point. I don't I don't no, want to no, go no, on no. with this segment. I I, I, I want to wrap it. I want to wrap everything up now. <laughs> All right, I, well, I, I want to wrap everything up. All right, hold on. I think can we? Uh, we'll jump back to the AFC, and 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 let, and, and we'll what? say this: Joe Connolly lives in Scotland. Yeah. We have a Scottish listener. We actually have four Scottish listeners, I believe. All right. And um, there, and so I think it, it's been lost in translation a little bit, John. That's all. No, it's just I, I've been just, lost in I'm, translation. I'm un, I'm unable to do this. I should have I should have broken this. I, I wrote some stuff down. I didn't write down enough, and then then the slides came up, and it was choppy. And you brought that up, so that's all. It I was it is sort of choppy. It, was it doesn't choppy. look good. Yes. It's like, wait a minute, are these my choices? I'm just so confused. All right, let's jump back to the AFC. Our friend Joe Conley's AFC picks. Buffalo, Baltimore, Tennessee, Kansas City. He, he believes in Tennessee. I'm a little surprised at That's that. surprising as well, yes. Cleveland, Houston, 
and uh, Pittsburgh are his. Uh, so we have another Cleveland. Cards. Yeah, uh, along with Lenny. A couple, that worries uh, there's me. Some love for Cleveland. I, it I worries think... me when they start getting too much love, though. You know, they become a true. sexy pick. And they were a couple years ago as well, or maybe no, before, right before last year, they were a sexy pick. Matter of fact, All right. and um, but uh, Tennessee, I don't, I don't buy them necessarily, and I don't, I don't really buy Chicago. Everything else now, what are what what are his uh, AFC and NFC picks? Uh, for the uh, for the AFC, he picks for the um, Super Bowl. He picks Baltimore to make the Super Bowl. Okay. So nothing surprising there. And the NFC? And the NFC, let me guess. Uh Dallas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh let me jump to uh to Joe's wife Amanda, who takes because here's a surprise. She not terribly surprising, takes Pittsburgh, Tennessee. We're a little down on, but I can see, you know, they're a playoff team next year. Kansas City, and then she takes the New York Jets. Wow. I mean that's interesting. I would Denver, personally, I, Jacksonville, I bought for the Jets. I don't know why. Denver, Jacksonville, and Miami are her uh, wild card. Boy, that is a that that would be a surprising triumvirate of wild card teams in the AFC. Denver, name it, name I can one more time. Denver, uh, Miami. And uh, Jacksonville in the AFC. Wow. I mean, any one of those outside of Jacksonville, you can see a surprise. It would be a surprise. Yeah, go ahead. I'm so sorry. With the delay, I'm talking Um, to you the whole time. I don't, you know, Drew Drew Locke's getting a lot of love. What, What are your thoughts about Drew Locke, Jeff, for Denver? Do you buy into the potential hype for the kid? No. No, I uh, I I need to see some I need to see some stuff. He is sexy though right now. And you know, again, had, that does worry me. Yeah, had kind of a hot second half, all that stuff. So you know how that can go. All right, so here we are. Now we can talk about our NFC picks. We can go to the PowerPoint. It's going to be choppy again. If uh, you're if you're listening on the podcast, you don't have to go through any of this. You you can just enjoy John having a mini melt meltdown. I really am. And I'm you melting can, down at this. I, I knew mean, I didn't want to do a big segment. <laughs> I'm so sorry, John. No, it's all so right. My no, wild card it's, it's a good idea. I just don't. I'm just don't want to do it. I don't know why. I just, it's obvious I can't do it well. No, no. I just if something just, if something I quote Homer Simpson. Hit Simpson. If something's difficult to do, it's not worth doing. <laughs> this is difficult you for me. Tried to and you failed. Lesson what did you learn? Never try. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, gosh. Homer Simpson. Ah, words yes. of wisdom. Really Classic. Is. All right. So NFC wild cards, Tampa Bay, Philadelphia, San Francisco. My um, division picks are Dallas. I do pick Dallas winning the East. I do think they're going to have a big year, John. I like Green Bay, too. I don't think they regress that much. They won 13 games. They still can win 10, I think, or 11. Uh, in uh, the South, I like New Orleans. I do think New Orleans is going to sneak by Tampa Bay. Not by much, but they're going to sneak by them. And in the West, I do I do think Seattle's going to have a very big year. How about you, Johnny? 
Well, I've got, uh, I agree with you on Dallas. Uh, I think they're the most talented team. I think they have better coaching now. We'll see if that parlays into any sort of playoff success. But I do, I, I do agree with you on Dallas. Um, in the North, I like Minnesota. I know it's, you know, you had, I had to pick either they or Green Bay to drop off. In, in my mind, it was those two. There was, I, I agree with you that Green Bay may only drop a couple of games. But I, I just I again on first blush, maybe it's because yeah. I have uh, I have uh, love for Kirk Cousins probably more than a lot of other people. But I went with Minnesota in the South. I'm I'm drinking the Kool Aid. I think Tampa Bay. Um, I have New Orleans as a as a wild card team. I think it's going to be one of those two, and I just think they're the Tampa Bay defense has more tape on. Drew Brees and the New Orleans offense than the New Orleans defense does on Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay offense. So it might come down to head to head that the goat, uh, the, the goat wins those games head to head. And in the West, I like Seattle. Um, I think that's the most difficult division in football. My uh, wild card teams are New Orleans, Green Bay, and the Los Angeles Rams. I think they bounce back. Though they they won ten. Did they win ten games last year? Or nine? Did they win nine or ten last year? Los Angeles. Nine. They were they were nine and seven. Yeah, nine. Nine and seven. And seven. Year, which, um, which they were. You know, they had a really bad first half, and then they had a nice and, second half. Yeah, and they played better in the second half. So I think that yeah, played very well. uh, that continues on. So so those are my choices. Uh, again, I could be convinced that Minnesota swaps with Green Bay, with Green Bay winning the division, and Minnesota being a wild card team. And I, I, I feel the same way with New Orleans and Tampa Bay, but I just, I, I, I'm, I'm going to continually say that I think the one thing Tampa Bay really has going for them is not, they're not going to play any preseason games. Um, nobody has any tape on Tom Brady and the, and the, the tools that he has to work with in Tampa Bay. And I think that might make it difficult on defenses. So that's why no, I think, I, I agree with that. I just don't think – I think New Orleans is a spectacular team as well. They added Emmanuel Sanders to their lineup of just massive weapons. Kamara comes in pretty healthy as far as I, as far as I understand. Yeah. So I, I just think that New Orleans is going to give them big runs. So, so who comes out of the NFC for you, John? Uh, Seattle. I have a Seattle-Baltimore Super Bowl. And I have a Seattle-Kansas City Super Bowl. So let's take a look at our Super Bowl slides. I think that sh- those should be the – the next one coming up, Jeff, Super Bowl slides, and here we go. Mark Super Bowl picks, and we've talked about it right now. It's Kansas City and Seattle, and I have the Kansas City Chiefs. Repeating. Winning two. Yeah, repeating. When's the last time a team repeated, John? Was it, uh, I guess it was Denver, 97, Denver, 98. Yeah. Yep. And uh, yeah, not even the never- Patriots. Patriots never the, repeated. Oh, they? no, the Patriots no, did 3 3 that's it. right. That was Carolina and Philadelphia. They did 3 Yep. So there but it is. Still so not that long. It, it, has, it happens about once a year. Yeah. Yeah. It happened I mean, a couple of times. Yeah, right. You know, the Cowboys did it. It happened twice in the 90s, actually. Cowboys and Denver. Right. Niners did it in the 80s, and the Steelers did it twice in the 70s. The Dolphins did it once. once, And Green Bay did it once in the 60s. So 
you know, yeah. it averages about once a decade or so. Yeah, I mean, it's been 16 years. So, I mean, that's it, it, it's, it wouldn't be surprising. I just, you know, again, those are the exceptions that prove the rule more often than not. Um, right. But, boy, I tell you, I, I, Seattle is uh, – I, I just – I just feel like at this point, Russell Wilson is due to, well, I just think because, you know, all these other NFC quarterbacks keep popping up and we keep, and, and, you know, you keep, we keep talking about them, you know, Jared Goff and Ellie's going to have a great bounce back year. And oh my gosh, Tom Brady is now in Tampa Bay. And, and of course, Drew Brees always gets love and, you know, and oh, finally, Dallas, they have the right coaching for Dak. And just, just sitting over there is Russell Wilson, who I'm glad Derek Abbott said, you and I both said, Derek, he may not be the MVP of the league every year, but he is the MVP of that team year in and year out. Um, yeah, and, and you could argue that over the last 10 years, he's been as much of an MVP as anyone else. I mean, you'd have to give it to Brady. But yeah. in the NFC, I would give it to Russell Wilson more than Aaron Rodgers personally. Yeah, no, I think I would over too. the last ten years. I, so I think, I I think so. Let let's look at your Super Bowl picks real quick, just so that we don't waste that slide. Oh my God. John, Super Bowl picks here they are, ladies and gentlemen. We already know. <laughs> so it's uh, Baltimore and Seattle, right? And your winner, John Pelkey. Is, yeah, I think uh, um, the Russell Wilson in Seattle. I think I think Seattle's do. Yeah. Um, I, I think. You know, I don't have San Francisco in the playoffs. I think they'll be back next year. I think they're just going to suffer from that Super Bowl loser syndrome. Hangover. That's, that's a yeah, bit of a hangover. And again, that division, you know, and given this uh, season and how weird it's going to be in that tough division, boy, you come out of the block slow with any hangover, you know, you turn around pretty quickly in that division and be two games behind a month into the season. Oh yeah, um, easily, easily, and, and to you know, to maybe even more. Um, so it's it's going to be it's going to be a shootout. It, it really is going to be a shootout over there. Um, a couple of teams that I left out that I think certainly could uh, could make a move. I I I would be surprised but not shocked if Atlanta replaces either Tampa Bay or New Orleans. I think they're actually due to have a nice bounce back year. I just don't know that. Uh, that I th- think they can overcome New Orleans or Tampa Bay, but I do think they could they could sneak in and be one of the teams that I haven't put in the playoffs that I think could get there. All right, well we'll uh, we'll address uh, Tom Marino's comment, which is, says he is confused. So we'll do a, a recap. Uh, for me, it's Buffalo in the East, it's Baltimore in the North, it's Indy in the South, it's Kansas City in the West. Kansas City emerges in the NFC. It's Dallas in the east. In the north, it's Green Bay. In the south, it is New Orleans. And in the west, it's Seattle. And uh, Seattle emerges. What am I doing? What do I have to read now? I'm sorry. For John, there for a minute. I think I, the, might, I might remember it. For John, no, I'll tell you, in the, in the NFC, I have Dallas, Minnesota, Tampa Bay, and Seattle winning the division. New Orleans, Green Bay, and the Los Angeles Rams as your wild card, and I have Seattle getting out of there. That's so. There's the NFC. Mark the A of your AFC picks. Uh, I, I I shared them with with them already, uh, but it's oh, Buffalo, I wasn't paying attention. Buffalo, Baltimore, 
Indianapolis, Kansas City. My wild card teams are New England, Pittsburgh, and Los Angeles. Tom says he thinks it's the PowerPoint. I know it's the PowerPoint. No, he's, it's, yeah, it's, it's just. It's killing me. All right, so my AFC picks, New England, Baltimore, Indy, Kansas City to win the division, Miami, Pittsburgh, and the Chargers uh, as the wild cards, and I have Baltimore getting through. So there you go. So we, I don't know why both, that was as difficult as it was. We both have Seattle coming out of the NFC. Yeah. And uh, we disagree on Baltimore and Kansas City. Lenny, I think, has Baltimore out of the AFC. So it's. it's yeah, and he has uh, Tampa then, uh, Bay in the NFC. And he has Tampa Bay. Joe has Dallas in the NFC, as his wife has Dallas. And uh, who do they have in the AFC? I forget. You, you um, don't have that on you nearby, so I won't ask. I, 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 it will take me a minute to get to it. I should have written it That's, down. I didn't. In the I meantime, in I'm going to ask Jeff. I'm going to ask Jeff. If you uh, can I answer one question? question though? Joe Conley's asking what I think Washington's record will be. Oh, and 16. Now go ahead and ask Jeff his question. Wow. Wow. That's hilarious. Jeff, do you have a Super Bowl in mind? A Super Bowl matchup in mind? Uh, yes. I think it's most likely going to be the Miami Dolphins and the Washington football team. <laughs> a replay of Super Bowls 7 and 17. I I uh, nice. I believe that Mark's San Francisco 49ers will likely make it back to the Super Bowl. I know that's unpopular here on the show. Not even Mark took them to go. And uh, I, I told them to make the playoffs at least. Has it has it ever happened that uh, there was a repeat of the exact same Super Bowl two years in a row? Yes, uh, Dallas and uh, Buffalo. All right. Well, I believe that could potentially happen again. I think Kansas City's a no brainer. Unless uh, there's significant injury, but uh, I like I like the way that San Francisco team is put together. I think Garoppolo is the real deal. New England will. That's the curse of the big Bambino uh, for the New England Patriots. They hung on to Tommy too long and uh, let a good kid get away. So I feel strongly about the San Francisco 49ers. All right. Wow. I, I wouldn't listen. I wouldn't be shocked if they made the playoffs at all. I'd be a little surprised. I wouldn't even really be surprised. I would be surprised if they got back to the Super Bowl, but it's certainly a possibility in Kansas City. You know, if I just didn't hang my hat on teams don't repeat, I'd probably put them there. Though I will say, I don't think I, I would say I'd argue with hands down because I think Baltimore is almost as talented. And there are certain and there are places on the field where they're more talented. They're really good. I just I, I, I still am uh, skeptical about Lamar Jackson. I, I don't know that he uh, is going to be a Super Bowl winning type quarterback. And now that uh, we don't have to worry about that in Kansas City anymore, I, I just feel like they're the team that they're the, going to be the team to be in the AFC for a long time coming. I think Baltimore, I think I think Lamar is going to be even improve even more. I, I, you could be right. I, I mean, he's got, he's got everything there. I just wonder the, those style quarterbacks are, it's so tough to win against the top defenses with those style quarterbacks. And, uh, but the thing that what he improved on and the thing that he got better uh, over was completion percentage and his throwing from the pocket. And he has shown great improvement. I would agree if, you know, cause you didn't, you didn't necessarily see that out of like an RG three though injury rushing him back from injury, I think had as much a negative effect as anything. But uh, that's where if, if, if I hadn't seen that kind of improvement from Jackson and the, the amount of credit he gets for working on that on his own. Um, yeah, I mean, I get it. If he remained the Lamar Jackson of his rookie year. I see, I, I see him as a Michael Vick, a guy that's going to be a great quarterback. Hopefully not uh, the off field stuff, but <laughs> just doesn't have 
what it takes to to beat a really well coached, uh, good playing defense. But we'll see. I mean, he he definitely has talent, and I would never take that away from him. But uh, those those style and, and they, and they were. That's true, but they were fourteen and two, so they beat a lot of good teams last year. That's, uh, that's totally that's a, different. That's totally different, though. When you go into the playoffs, the good teams with the good coaching take it to a different level. No, there's no doubt that they do. Uh, I think the point with with uh, Baltimore to me, it's more of a it's more of a team thing. It's more of how they're constructed, and I think, frankly, that it's a running team. They they blow, they blow away everyone in terms of rushing yards. Be obviously also because of Lamar, but that is a rushing team. It's old school. It runs to set up the pass. It run and and now he can pass. Now he does have completion percentage. But it's it's like any team based on the run. It's hard for them to come back. They're not really that wide open like yeah. you would think they were because they were pretty explosive. I will say they're explosive, but that's different than a wide-open offense. And if you can get a lead on them, they're, it's going to be much tougher for them to be the Baltimore Ravens. If, you, if, they, if they've even got a three-point lead on you, they're going to step on your throat, and they're going to control yeah. the ball. Yeah. And, and Lamar Jackson is a huge part of them controlling the ball. And I still, I still have more. I just don't uh, trust that they're not going to get behind in the playoffs at some point. I still have more trust in John Harbaugh in the playoffs than I do Andy Reid also, to be to be honest, because I think the the evidence is that John Harbaugh has been a better uh, playoff coach um, than than Andy Reid, though. I think they're both great coaches. And I mean, I think that's just it's it, you know, to, to the to Jeff's point, though, about years to come. This could be a for years to come battle a la San Francisco and yeah. Dallas in, in, in the 90s. Yeah. I mean, this this could be what you're looking at. Uh, for the next for five years, yeah, for least. the next five or six years, that, that these two teams are just you know vying for uh, vying for the AFC championship year in and year out. Sure, sure as hell would be a lot of fun, uh, though. I think the NFL, the Buffalo, uh, the Baltimore, Seattle Super Bowl doesn't seem like what the the folks at the uh, the PR offices at the at the NFL that they're 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 not. That's not what they want. They want Tampa Bay. At, well, they Kansas want Tampa City, Bay. And Tampa New Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay, and New England. I, I honestly, I think that uh, I think that the thing about Kansas City is that Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback. But I wonder, as his weapons either are no longer there or are are no longer available in the end of a, se- a long season, I wonder how much of a dive that team takes if they don't have a Kelsey. Uh, or or their deep threats if if he's able to 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 win without those weapons because that's one thing that he definitely has is uh ahead above any weapons that tom brady has had for most of his career yeah the other thing though it, you know with kansas city when you have success you start winning super bowls we talked about this before teams will raid you for free agents and they'll overpay for them because they're they were on championship teams so the so the talent drain generally happens more quickly um, for teams like that, as well as assistant coaches now start to get pilfered. So that would be my concern for Kansas City is can they keep enough of the nucleus together around him? You're going to lose talent, but can you develop the new talent and uh, and and, can, and not have too, too much of a drop-off? Because I think that was part of the problem, and I don't know, Mark, if you agree with me, part of the problem why Seattle went from, you know, kind of uh, – Oh, yeah. At the top, they lost so much of that defensive talent because people and, were, and, well, gosh, they've won a couple of they've won a couple of conference championships. This guy's worth two million more than he would have been had they not, and that's not necessarily the case. But that's how you lose talent very quickly. 
And and they also signed Russell Wilson to a very non-team friendly, ginormous contract. Whereas Kansas City signed Mahomes to a ginormous contract, but it's pretty team friendly. Yeah. They, they locked up Travis Kelsey and they locked up Chris Jones. And if they're doing that every year and maintaining a reasonable salary, uh, you know, salary cap situation, which I think is what they're doing, it looks like organizationally they're yeah, on yeah. top of this thing as well. And I, I agree that, Jeff, when weapons drop off, that's going to make an effect. But Kansas City has a plethora of yeah, weapons. Loaded. They could lose of them and still be brilliant. And the, they, are, the, they are totally loaded. So I just think maybe John Schneider. Go ahead. I was going to say the the thing about Kansas City too is that their their running game was was all over the place last year. I mean, I think they I think they had three starting backs throughout different parts of that season last year, and uh, the, that's crazy. That's that that uh, that for a team that put up that many points and was able to win the Super Bowl, it's crazy to me that they didn't have a consistent running game for that entire season. That's it, their well, systems they, working uh, really well. Edwards Hilaire, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, their their first their their rookie. He's a rookie that's going to be in the backfield. Maybe he can add some stability. Damian Williams certainly finished the season strongly. So I don't know. Yeah, uh, I I love I love Kansas City. I think they're in in a as great a position as I've seen any young football team maybe since those early Dallas Cowboys. John Pelkey, uh, with you know with Aikman and Smith that, and Irvin. That's definitely a good comparison team wise. I mean, they are they are definitely a good young team. Well, yeah. and I'll say this and I, set I, up it, well for the future. Yeah, and their front office isn't Jerry Jones, so they're not going to fire, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Andy, Andy Reid and let Stephen Jones take over as you know another or or another one of Jerry's teammates on the '64 Arkansas team that won the uh, the the Big Eight or whatever it was in at the time. So they don't have that going for them. But yeah, I mean, I guess as much as we talk about the players and everything, when it comes to sustaining, the front office becomes more important as important or more important than, than anyone in teams. We've seen teams that have navigated it well, and we've seen teams that haven't. So to, to your point though, Mark, I'd forgotten about that. That big Mahomes contract was a, was a team friendly contract and that might pay off for them. Let's see if Baltimore, because if Baltimore can do the same thing, then you might be looking at the new England indie of this, uh, yeah, of this of phase this, of the NFL of the twenties of the twenties. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. That would be fun. Hey, I, I wanted to say with the Washington uh, this year, I think that they will be eight and eight without Alex Smith uh, playing well, and they could they could make it into the playoffs if Alex Smith is back and healthy. I, with Ron I, Rivera completely changing the culture there, they had talent that they weren't winning with before. I think that team is good enough to make the playoffs if Alex Smith is healthy. We we've talked about this, John, in terms of their defense. Defensive line. Their defensive line may very well be top three, maybe top four in the entire NFL. And again, if you can get after the quarterbacks and the quarterbacks in the NFC East, while formidable, Carson Wentz is formidable. Dak Prescott is formidable, but there you can get after them. You can get yeah. them. And if you have a strong defensive line, and that that that's a big difference in any ball game. You know, what you would give your concern? entire defense a lift if you have a strong defensive line. 
Tom Marino's agreeing with me, 0-16, uh, which is what I say every year. Mark can let you know I say that every year. What what worries me, though, is a coaching change for the young quarterback, Haskins, who who had, you know, certainly showed his showed his talent, but he means he's raw, and he's a guy who was always going to be a bit of a project. And then the Alex Smith, and I'm I'm you know, I'm pulling for him, but the 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 what if scenario with Alex, uh, Alex's health is certainly a big deal. Um, you're right, Mark. Defensively, they uh, up front, they're a pretty strong team. I just, I, I, I don't think there's enough. I don't think that offense is in a position to step up and be successful enough on a regular basis for that team to be more. I mean, I would say seven and nine is my ceiling for them, but who knows? A couple things break. All right, let's get to progressive trivia. Need our, is this just the second set? Of course. It is. Oh yeah. Jesus! And, and sweet Jesus! And these are going to be these are going to be choppy. All I right. forgot to order them. I forgot to order them correctly, so I'm highly embarrassed. But let's go. We're going to revisit the first four first with this NBA player who's played for two Hall of Fame head coaches, five thousand plus assists in his career, twelve plus All Star games, and played with Horace Grant and Danny Manning. Okay. Let's see if anyone's given me any guesses yet. Uh, all right, 35,000-plus points. That's a lot. 600-plus playoff assists. Next clue coming up. One Rookie of the Month and seven Player of the Month awards in his career. And the next clue. Oh, no. What happened there? Oh, no. Oh, I see. I thought it was <laughs> everything's wow. fine. Fourth all time in field goals missed. I'm John. If you have a mini meltdown, I'm seconds behind you and or in mm. front of you every single day. I just started freaking out that I had left an NFL. I had left an NFL. Fourth all time in field goals missed. Fourth all time in thought, field yeah. goals missed. You thought it was Tom Dempsey. So, and and. Yeah, exactly. No, that's it. So this is pretty um, it's relatively nebulous. Yeah. So far. I, I, I put a guess up there. I'm sure the guess is wrong. Um, all right. So we've uh, we've exhausted this NFL segment and to jump into Major League Baseball at the at the uh, halfway point uh, at this point would uh, would not do it justice. I think we could get get along to that uh, next week. But uh, since we do have to do something in between now and giving the final set of clues in the progressive, uh, I did want to bring up the interview that we both saw um, with Roger Goodell, Mark, where he admitted that they wish they'd have listened to Cap, uh, Colin Kaepernick early on. And, um, what, and it was Emmanuel Acho's uh, show, which is just terrific, uh, the name of which escapes me right now, but it really was good. But I also got the sense in all of that, and again, you know, words are, are one thing, actions are another. But I did get the sense that Roger Goodell was taking things uh, a little more, uh, a, a, a little less institutionally. It did not seem, he seemed in a, in a more, um, more thoughtful posture than I've seen him before in talking about these things. Obviously, he's a smart guy. He knows the room. But I do think that everything that's happened over the last six months, the George Floyd situation and Black Lives Matter and all of the things, that boycotts, 
I, I really do think things are trending in the direction to where these folks would like to address the problems and think, how yeah. and the solutions, more importantly. I think you're right. I think the real key to this are the owners. They have been, of all the really four major sports, including hockey, as far as I, as far as I can see, they have dra- dragged their feet the most with this, with getting ahead of it with the league, with getting ahead of it with their players, with truly listening to what their players' concerns are. To me, they've been slow to act, dragging their feet. And we know that Goodell could say whatever he wants. But in the end, it's what the, it, the, the owners tell him what to do. Yeah. He, is, he, he does the owner's bidding. Right. And for the most part, I would say most commissioners do that. I would say Adam Silver might be an exception to the rule because it seems to be that ownership and players, as well as commercial interests for the NBA, and we've touched on that, uh, all have sort of an equal footing with him, that he yeah. runs it as if, as if he's the head, as if he's the commissioner. Right. And, and he has a little it, more he has a little more control, I think, too, or has to do that a little more because that is such a uh, a star driven league versus uh, some of the others that those the the LeBron James and the Kawhi Leonard's and some of the world, I think, have uh, or, or uh, let me just say this. All of the NBA, the NBA players as a, as a whole have more sway on their commissioner than players in uh, other sports. I now, think because it's as star driven as it is. I yeah, I I would agree with that. And one of their owners is you know the former greatest player in the game former. Uh, at the time, and well, former in the sense that he doesn't play he anymore. Would, That's he wouldn't be today. <laughs> former player, he's not the greatest player in the game. If he were to play right now, say he'd be um, pretty good. Though. He'd be pretty good. But if his Washington statistics are any measure. <laughs> All right. Now I'll still take Robert Ory for the last shot of the game. I'm just saying, I'm still going to take Robert Ory if I have one guy, I, one shot. <laughs> yeah, even now, even in 2020. Yes, even the uh, 8-year-old Robert Ory. Even, even if he had to be wheeled out or yes, came yes. out, I would take him for that one shot. Absolutely. I would too. He's that guy. Came, He's that guy. Came out. I will say, to be clear, as clear as possible about the Goodell thing, he, di- he does mention that the pro protests were not about the flag that uh that they were being mischaracterized that the players aren't unpatriotic they're not against the military uh, as a matter of fact many many of the players are from military families right so they're just and 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 Goodell stressing that they're just bringing out something that needs to be fixed in this country but he did yeah. say and he said he should have should have listened sooner to the players and to their concerns about that. But in terms of Kaepernick specifically, his quote is, we had invited him in several times to have the conversation, to have the dialogue. And then he says, I wish we had the benefit of that. We never did, and we would have benefited from that. Absolutely. So while he says he should have listened earlier, yeah, should have engaged the players earlier, should have stood out front saying you're mischaracterizing these protests earlier, he's still not – he's still – the narrative is that the NFL reached out to Cap and Captain. Cap well, I thought, I thought, the, you know, it's funny because I political believe wording. 
political wording is is interesting too because he didn't and i don't mean political as in you know we, we have to pick sides i mean i'm just when 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 you're in a position like uh roger goodell you, you you have to be somewhat political in the way you talk because you don't want to offend you know really anybody but uh he did say he didn't say that cap refused to talk to them he just said it didn't happen so you can take that however you want it is you know i guess it's slightly a passive aggressive way of saying it but he didn't come out and just say we we invited him and he said no he said it didn't happen now i don't know why it didn't happen and at this point it's moot now um, but I also think uh, he's got to be getting a little bit of pressure because if, if you remember back when Cap was taking his knee initially, um, the idea of uh, uh, the Black Lives Matter uh, uh, folks in that movement had less public support than it does now. And public support has moved in that direction. There are still people who are, are not fond of it. Obviously, people are, who, who feel uh, poorly towards it, for lack of a better term. But there is more public sentiment. So those owners who are looking to that, listen, they run businesses. Their businesses can be affected by this. Michael Jordan was not wrong when he said Republicans buy shoes as well. You don't want to. You don't want to offend. You really don't want to offend anybody. But you do have to take a stand when something gets to a certain point. And I think the owners now can look at increased support for the positions that uh, the, the players are taking and realize yes. that it benefits them to be less stringent. Yes. The, the positions they're taking, it's just, you know, it, the ways in which they take these positions uh, are what are going to have to be, you know, yeah. figured out. But, and I, uh, and I, I, it, it's definitely you're, you're seeing an arc bending towards justice in, in that particular category. All right. So uh, back to progressive trivia here. Uh, we have one more set of clues. Allen Iverson is not the answer. OK, I, I figured after I said it, but I, I took a shot. All right, here we go. Next set of clues coming up. We'll revisit the first eight. Played for two Hall of Fame head coaches. Five thousand plus assists in his career. Played in 12-plus All-Star games, which is pretty significant. Played with Horace Grant, Danny Manning. Next set of clues coming up. 35,000-plus points. 600-plus playoff assists. One Rookie of the Month and seven Player of the Month awards. And he's fourth all-time in field goals missed. Last set of clues coming up for Progressive Trivia. Here we go. One multiple MVPs. Uh-oh. Here we go. There it is. 175-plus playoff games. 19-year career. And 4,500-plus playoff points. 175-plus playoff games, multiple MVPs. 19-year career. So... I've ordered a lot of actual stats. Yeah. 35, I, I, I did point stats and I did assist stats and I left out stats that would have probably pointed people toward him a lot sooner. All right. We've got to get Tom Marino guessing. Tom Marino got it right. Yeah. And somebody else got it. Uh, I thought somebody else had, had said the same thing. It was but, Tom uh, both times. Tom, Tom both it. times. Okay. So Tom Marino. Got it right. We'll give you the answer in just a second. But first, Mark, I can announce 
Next, uh, this Friday's deep dive, next Friday, a week from today, I can finally announce the subject of my deep dive. It was a very, very difficult uh, thing to arrive at. So go ahead. We're waiting with bated breath. <laughs> I was giving you an Drum opportunity. Roll, please. I was giving you an opportunity there to to expand on that, and you just said no. Just shut up and answer. Okay, fine. All right, folks. Next Friday's I deep dive will be uh, nineteen forty three because God knows I won't do this unless all the principals are dead. The nineteen forty three NFL season and the merger of the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Philadelphia Eagles together for one season to form the Steagles and what that meant in terms of the National Football League. Many people believe it could have saved the league, which was in serious danger of folding during the Second World War, because unlike baseball, uh, very few NFL players were taken into the military and then allowed to play baseball. Or, well, it would be weird if the football players were allowed to play baseball. But uh, they were drafted and sent into the military, and nobody worried about the NFL because it just was not the sport that it is now. It was not. It was probably about fifth in popularity, if that high. Um, and over 600 NFL players went into the, uh, into the military. Teams didn't have enough players to field teams. Uh, the the uh, Chicago Cardinals, I believe. No, uh, the Cleveland Rams or the Chicago Cardinals. And we'll, obviously, I'll have the actual name correct uh, for the show. But uh, they had already announced they weren't going to play. And the fear was that uh, if I believe it was Philadelphia only had seven players available to them. And that if one more team had announced they wouldn't play, that the league may indeed fold. But the Steelers and Eagles uh, merged to make the Steagles played for one season. We're going to talk about that and some of the some of the interesting known football personalities that were involved with that. Right. I love that. I love the connections that happen with these with these deep dives and how there's so many intertwined stories. I want to ask you, John, was that a 12? It was a 12 game season back in 43. 43 12 game season, right. And uh, do you have the record off off the top of your head that they were able to achieve in 1943? Um, I I will I don't want to give too much away, but let's just say they uh, they surprised everybody. Okay, good. I'm looking forward to that then. They had two head coaches because they brought the Pittsburgh and the Philadelphia head coach together. They hated each other. Perfect. Um Perfect. and uh had to learn to coexist. The players on each team despised each other. Um, The head coaches required that they all live in a hotel together. Every one of the players essentially had defense jobs and worked eight-hour days throughout the day and then practiced in the evening because they weren't exempt from their defense jobs. Um, One of the players, many of them got a lot of negative publicity because it's like, if you can play football, how come you ain't in the military? And uh, one player actually was so fed up with it, he quit because of that. Um, It's just interesting. There are ties to Heisman Trophy winners. There are ties to uh, other uh, deep dives that that we've done. Uh, All kinds of fun stuff. It's it's a great story. It's a great story. Awesome. Awesome. It's going to be a lot of fun. So we should give the answer to our progressive trivia since we're 90 minutes into our one-hour show. 
Tom Marino said uh, what gave it away was the, and I always worry about that. I always worry about uh, played with because I try and get cute. And and Tom gave me credit that they were pretty good red herrings, but he's a Laker fan, mm. and he remembers this player playing with Horace Grant on the 03 team because that's what fans do. They remember those kinds of things. No and, memory uh, of Horace Grant being a Laker. No, None. of course not. I, I wouldn't think anyone would except a diehard Laker fan. That team didn't so, win. No, that was that was not that was not a, a great team. Uh, but our uh, let's do the four the the twelve clues one more time for our podcast audience. Two Hall of Fame head coaches he played for. That's Jerry Sloan and and Phil Jackson. Oh, by the way, that one year for the Lakers, five thousand plus assists in his. 19-year career, so, you know, not that many per year. 12-plus All-Star games, I think it was 14 overall. And played with Horace Grant with the Lakers, and he played with Danny Manning. Manning had a cup of coffee with the Utah Jazz at one point in time. So did Jacques Vaughn, by the way. But I was a little worried. The Jacques Vaughn, I thought would be fun because it would you'd think Orlando because Horace Grant and Jacques, Jacques Vaughn. But I was worried that a guy like Jeff, who's a really intense Magic fan, researched everything he could find out about Jacques Vaughn when he was named head coach (laughs) and knew that his first five years in the league were with the Jazz. I just just worried about that. So I went away from Jacques Vaughn and went to Danny Manning. Nice. But I I didn't think of Tom Marino and his Laker fandom. That's That's the problem. All right, 35,000-plus points. He's he's up there in all-time points scored, obviously, this guy. 600-plus playoff assists. He was in, I don't know, 193 playoff games. So, again, do the math. It's not that many. Uh, only, you know, one Rookie of the Month, seven Player of the Month awards. I guess you can make the argument, John, that it maybe should have been more than that. Fourth all-time in field goals missed. That's only because he shot so many, because right. he played so many games. He played so many minutes. Last four clues, multiple MVPs. I think he won back to back, but maybe not. It was, but he he got two in a three pretty short period, period of time. Yeah, it yeah. wouldn't surprise me. And uh, 175 plus playoff games. I think it's 193 to tell you the truth. 19 year career, phenomenal career, and 4,500 plus playoff points. And of course, if you haven't figured it out by now, it's the great Carl Malone. Just great, just a, and a great guy, and, and and so unexpected, the way the way he, uh, just his demeanor, and sort of the sort of the, his his vocal quality, uh, and his demeanor are unexpected for this you know g- guy who just dominated in the NBA. There was so, very kind of a sweet guy. There were so many unfortunate teams that were so great that ran up against those Bulls teams, and that's definitely one of them. Yeah. There's no doubt it's it's that great series that America's wow. Game has, John, which is teams that the missing, missing rings. rings. Yeah, they they are a great team. They just couldn't get it done for whatever reason. And uh, the Utah Jazz are in the you know late '90s are a perfect example. Of that. Yeah, I think. Go ahead, Jeff. What's crazy is that if you think about that era, the Utah Jazz with Malone and Stockton. Seattle with Gary Payton and Ray Allen and Sean Kemp and uh, Indiana with, with Reggie Miller, the uh, Allen Houston, John right. Starks, Patrick Ewing, Knicks, so many 
team in the NBA. Yeah. Chicago out of that era. You have a bunch of different teams that probably would Phoenix with Charles Barkley. Yeah. I mean, so many teams that would have won championships, but Michael Jordan said no, no. Good you. Portland teams too. You can throw in there. Uh, oh, yeah. Ninety-seven and ninety-nine for Charles, okay. for, for Carl Malone. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that 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 is a good one. And yeah, you're absolutely right, Jeff. That more so in the NBA than any other sports where you have teams that are championship caliber teams. You have a handful in the NFL, I think, where you know anybody could win a Super Bowl if they get there. But I mean, the teams that they had where they had the the, the Cincinnati Bengals. Of the of the late eighties, the the Cincinnati team, uh, the lost ring team, the team that lost to uh, to your forty ers Mark, that sixty nine Minnesota Viking team I talked about. Of course, the Buffalo Bills that went to four consecutive and lost them the all. The ninety eight Vikings, yeah, the ninety eight Vikings, Vikings who too, fifteen and one, yeah, and their field goal kicker didn't miss a field goal all year. It's Gary Anderson, I believe. Yep. Until and the other the, Anderson made the field goal to to put him out. The great Morton Morton Anderson. Anderson. Yep. That was uh that was an NFC championship. What a heartbreaker. Because that would have been a much better Super Bowl against Ugh. the Broncos. Oh, oh yeah. It would have been a Super Bowl worth watching. It would have been. The Falcons, ugh. What a what a what a disappointment on 17 levels. Yeah. Dan but- Reeves. Dan Reeves. Great. 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 Dan Reeves is in the Super Bowl. All right. <laughs> He hated Dan Reeves. No, I have nothing against Dan. All right, we've run too long. This this went on for too long. Wait, raise your hand if you're shocked. Anyone, raise your hand. I know. I blame myself. Hey, I blame myself. can I can I quickly shout out? Uh, I went and watched live uh, stock car racing last night. My brother, who took second place in uh, the race, but what's more important was that he took second place and he beat uh, Kyle Busch was racing last night in New Smyrna last uh, he raced uh he wow he owns four cars i guess that he runs around in circuits in florida yeah and he decided to drive one last night so there was a huge crowd and my uh brother beat him oh wow what wow. fun is that man yeah, was, congratulations it was, thank you so the guy that won the race too it's funny because the guy that won the race uh which which i was angry about which is funny my wife got a big kick out of this but the guy that won the race they gave him the microphone to talk about it afterward he goes you know uh brad may apparently that was a that was a quote that shouldn't be made (laughs) we we have government agencies right now uh censoring jeff taylor here's here's the worst thing though mark is that if if jeff doesn't come back we're on here for the rest of our <laughs> lives, because we depend because on him. You and I have off. no idea how to get us get us out of here. Off the air, I should say. Yes. Oh my goodness! All, All right, right. So, I so think we don't we know. Probably just you know. Yeah, we just wrap it up. Turn our computers off. It's yeah. It's just just you and I now. Now finally. I, <laughs> All right. At least we're still somehow on the air. You're, no, we you're, are. But, but you are right in terms of the broadcast ending. Yeah, it's not. I mean, we can get out of here. Sure. Then the broadcast would continue with this just black screen saying, "After further review with Mark and John, it just continues to broadcast." Probably, it it might be actually more visually entertaining. I think. And there he is. I think think Kyle Bush was unfortunately uh, in our stream yard and barely was during that. Yes, immediately. I do not want to be disparaged anymore by Jeff Taylor. Oh, that's really Kyle. Congratulations to your brother, man. That's awesome. Awesome. That's great. That's so much fun. There's a a, a 
the new Smyrna track, it's a dirt track or is it a, no, it's a, it's a, it's a short, short track, half mile. Uh, yes. Half mile track, man. Those are, those are nail biters, man. There were, there were some good crashes. Uh, They didn't make it through five laps between before going into two cautions and one of the crashes, the car flipped a couple of times. So it was fun to watch everybody. Everybody was healthy. No ambulance even needed. So I can say it was fun. Yes. Yes. After the fact, you can say it's fun. If, People walk away yep. from the crashes, which is always the best thing All right. to see in the, in the world. I mean, that's one of the greatest things to see in the world. When a, you've seen a car flip 17 times and the guy just walks out, waves. Oh, there were a couple. There were a couple during here. There were a couple during the Indy 500 where it's like, holy crap. And the guy's out waving afterwards. Those cars are un- incredible. Why don't they are. we make all of our cars out of here? I don't know. Money. Yeah. Well, well, first of all, we need more than one seat. So, yeah, I mean, you're, they're, 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 <laughs> <laughs> my first car was a 73 MG midget and there was barely more than one seat in it. But uh, now I, I at least need room for my wife and the dogs or at least the dogs. Uh, Jody doesn't care to go with me very often anywhere. And uh, who can go anywhere at this point anyway? All right, that's it. This show has been three, oh, an hour and 40 minutes. Oh, for God's sake. I'd like to take this opportunity to apologize to everyone who put themselves through this. Uh, we'll be back on Monday. Yes. There'll be live sports to, to, to report yes. on. Uh, we'll be talking about that. And our, again, our next deep dive is next Friday. We'll talk about the 43 NFL season and the merge of the Steelers and the Eagles. The Steagles, one of the great lost stories of the NFL. For Mark Ferreira, Jeff Taylor, I'm John Pelkey. Thank you for listening to After Further Review. And once again, I'm sorry. I'm sorry.